we'll get started. Well, welcome ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for your time today. Uh, and then for the next webinar in our series that's focused on skin cancer, or not skin cancer, medical business management. Um, now, I think one of the core things here as we've been trying to go through these topics, we're just conscious of the fact that, um, you know, managing and running a, a general practice or any form of practice uh, is challenging at the best of times. But what I think I've sort of experienced through my communications with practice owners is, you know, is, it is a challenge to run a profitable or a highly profitable practice. And if you would have seen the presentation with Alan Miltz a couple of weeks ago, we talked about cash flow management and some of the levers you can move. So you can increase your prices, so revenue, volume, et cetera. One of the key ones was obviously around your expenses and how you can try and manage your expenses a little bit better. Um, and today I'm very pleased to introduce you to Ben Williams. Uh, Ben's the Chief Operating Officer for MSR. He's had 35 years of experience in the medical consumable space. So uh, lots of experience sharing that we're gonna enjoy in a moment. Uh, and besides running what he does in the business, he's also finishing a Bachelor of Biomedical Science. So I'm obviously a very busy boy at this point in time. Uh, ben, I really do thank you for your time and I will throw over to you. But uh, what I'd like to do is just remind everybody, if you'd like to ask any questions of Ben at the end of this presentation, at the bottom of your screen, uh, right in the middle is a little Q&A box. So if you click on that, you're able to type in your questions and then at the end of the session, I'll then moderate those questions back to Ben. So uh, enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, I'll pass over to you, Ben. Thanks, Paul. Thanks to everyone watching tonight. It's a pleasure to be here and I appreciate the opportunity. Tonight we're going to be going through some tips and hints on how to save time and money on medical consumables in your practice. So we'll jump straight in. Medical consumables directly add to the bottom line costs in your practice, often really significantly. These costs include not only the products themselves, but the time that it takes to order them, receive them, store them and manage those products. So how can you minimize these costs without sacrificing patient care? Many clinics could be saving hundreds to thousands of dollars per month. That really adds up obviously and, and adds to your bottom line. There's four points that we'll basically be going through this evening. First one is the choice of the supply partner is really important. Using smart ordering methods and we'll go through those as well. Minimizing wastage in medical practices and product duplication. So having two or three products that are probably the same thing but have different costs. Also regularly reviewing the products that you are using in your practice. For the clients that we have, we do this every quarter because things are always coming out and there's a new product coming out there, maybe at a different price point. So your choice of supply partner should really be an extension of your own clinic. They need to offer the highest quality products at the best prices, not necessarily the cheapest. We'll talk about that soon. They need to deliver your products to you when you need them on time and every single time. If you've just done an excision of some, a skin cancer on somebody's back, you, you can't wait for tomorrow or next week for the suture material or the dressing to put on that. You need it right then and there. So that's critical. That company needs to offer you smart, easy to use ordering systems that eliminate the hassles and the stress that can sometimes come along with just ordering the products. It's a lot of time to be saved there. They also need to provide you with second to none support and backup. They can hit the button on the first three, but if they fail in that support, 
when things go pear-shaped, and they often do when you least want them to, they need to be there to make that situation correct, to take ownership of whatever's happened and help you solve it. That supply partner can save you a lot of time and money. There's three important points to consider following on from that. So there's some massive time savings to be gained by using the modern online ordering systems. The products that you buy should perform to your expectations. This will save your clinic time on faulty and low performing products. For instance, you don't want to have a product that you stick on somebody as in a dressing and it falls off before you even leave, before they even leave your clinic. The supplier's internal quality control systems are also really important. The last thing you want is to have been waiting on an order and it turns up and someone's mispicked the product. You thought you were getting one thing and you get something else or they haven't sent you enough or they've sent you completely the wrong carton and it actually belongs to somebody else. So there's a lot of time that gets wasted fixing up these three um, areas when you're dealing with a supply partner. So those are important things. So smart ordering methods and some tips and tricks that we'll go through. So first one is, and we see a lot of this, we see lots of different ways to do ordering. First one is, do you use your ordering system or do you use theirs? So a lot of clinics use their own ordering systems and, and they have it on pieces of paper and they use a minimum and a maximum and they stock take every time they do their orders and it runs really well for them. They then fax that or email it into the supplier or they might even punch that into the supplier's online ordering platform. But is that really efficient for your clinic? That sounds like and usually is a lot of time spent by your staff doing that sort of work. If you can get a company that has actually made the investment into ordering systems, usually it's online, they, they are the, probably the better ones to do because if if you're spending your money with them, then use their time and use their money. Use all the things that they've gained over their experience on their website. So all the bells and whistles that they've built into their ordering platforms, um, you should be able to take advantage and that in itself will save you some money. There's lots of different ways of ordering medical supplies or anything, for instance, these days. Mostly it's coming online these days and one of the ones that we're seeing quite a bit, and this is an interesting um, trick that can save quite a bit of time, particularly in large clinics. So on, on our particular website, we have templates and these, are, these can be personalized to the particular practice and they can even move items around. So they'll have a list of things on an iPad and they have that template with all those products in it listed out in the same sequence or the same order as their treatment room or their storage room is laid out in. So they'll take that iPad with that template open, they'll go to their treatment room, they need to place an order, they'll go around the treatment room with the iPad and they'll punch in what they want because it's in the same order as the things that are on the shelf around the room. Then they just press submit, it drops straight into our, our computer system and arrives at our warehouse. So. This is as opposed to perhaps using a piece of paper or, or going around, uh, you've got a, a list, almost like a shopping list, and then you have to go back to the computer and then you have to punch it into that online website or drop it into an email or something like that. So a lot of time that can be saved 
just by doing that work and having it on the iPad. That's a, that's a, a bit of a trick. I mean, obviously, you can also always email and phone. There's a lot of time that you can kind of waste on the phone. The other good thing with online platforms is you can do them 24-7. So whenever you have the time to do it, you can do it. And that might be when you're not seeing patients. The frequency of your orders is another thing that um, we see a lot of. So everything from ad hoc ordering, so that just whenever they clinic needs something, they jump on the phone or on the website and they order it. Or some clinics order weekly, and that works out really well for them because they'll order on Thursday and they, they know they're going to get it on Friday. They have staff there at that time to check the things off, put it away, that sort of thing. And then we have a lot of people that order monthly. So knowing the frequency of your orders in your, in your particular practice, that can help you really get a handle on how much money is being spent um, in that practice. If it's done ad hoc, it's a little bit harder to get that um, clarity over that. Uh, that also leads into the next point, which, which is freight, freight charges. So uh, there's a lot of people that um, talk about, uh, you know, freight free, everything's freight free. You know, you only order a $10 thing and it's freight free. I mean, the reality is that, that nothing is, is free. Um, it, it, you pay for it somehow. Um, somebody has to pay that cost. That's where knowing the frequency of the orders and having a pattern like that, you can even negotiate with your supplier to actually get really good freight relief. Um, particularly if, if you're working together, and that's what we, we talk about a lot is partnerships. So if you say to the supplier, look, I'll give you one order a month rather than giving you four orders a month, say weekly, um, if you do this for me, and that might mean that you deliver it for free. So the company, the supplier is, is saving time because they're not picking four orders for you a month, they're picking one. It might be just four times the size. So. Yeah, that, that's another concern and, and a lot of money, people spend a lot of money on freight charges. So if you can talk with the supplier and have that sort of working arrangement, there's, there's cash to be saved there, that's for sure. With the websites, uh, I already talked about templates. Another thing that's really popular these days is having your history up there. So for instance, our templates uh, will show you if the item is in stock, um, the last three times that you purchased it, um, the price it is and how many you purchased those last three times. The, the website also has, um, you know, access to invoices and credit notes and what things you have on back order. And uh, we see that people are accessing that information all hours. So we get orders in the middle of the night all the time. And that's good because in the case if you, if you want a credit note or you want an invoice, you can just jump on whenever you want and just grab that off the website. You don't have to wait for the tomorrow morning. Patient ordering is another one that's really emerging. So a lot of clinics spend a lot of money on wound care. They might want to actually <clears throat> get their patient order. So that provides continuance of care. They could say to the patient, go to this company, order it from them. The clinic doesn't have to waste the time doing it. It's a waste of time. They don't have to spend the time doing it. And then that product can either get delivered to the patient's home or get delivered to the clinic for the patient to pick up. Minimizing waste in the clinic, um, this, this is a, a really good point. Um, there's a lot of product duplication in clinics. So one of the things we do is we'll go in and we'll, we'll sort of do an audit of um, the products that are being used in there, particularly in the consumable space. And we might find that they've got, you know, four or five products that are actually all the same thing. Um, they just have 
particularly in wound care, they have these crazy names that I don't know who thinks are. Um, but rather than just saying this is a foam dressing that's adhesive, they call it some crazy thing. And um, so we end up with clinics that have four different products and they've spent money, a range of different prices on those four things. And we said, look, those four things do the same thing. Why don't you just stick with this one? Because we know it performs to a good level. And straight away, you're saving some money. Overordering is a big one, um, which follows on from that point. Expiry dates is something that is a big issue. Most of the things we use have expiry dates. So you may think that you've got a great deal, a bulk deal, but if you throw half of it away um, after a few months, and that's not really a great deal after all. Um, we, uh, on our, all of our packing slips and invoices, we know expiry dates, so it makes it a lot easier for people to keep, keep visibility of that. Next one is um, rotation and location. So what that means is product rotation, that particularly comes in with um, the expiry dates, making sure you're using the oldest product first, um, you're not taking out new product, and then the old, older stuff expires before you get to it. Storage location is important too, particularly with bigger clinics that don't perhaps have a um, one place where they keep all the clinics, all the clinic supplies. They may have they may have twelve doctors, and each doctor's got two boxes of a particular thing in their actual rooms. So before you know it, you've got twenty eight boxes when you thought you had three. So knowing where that stock is gives you a good idea on um, what you what you're spending and whether or not you're going to throw it out because you didn't know it was there, and by the time you figure it out, it, it's no good anymore because it's expired. Sharing products over multiple clinics is, is a great idea if you can manage that. Um, there's a little bit of um, time put into it, but if you've got products that are nearing their end of use by date, and you can share those products over a few clinics so that you're not throwing things away, that's a, that's a really good strategy too. Last one there on minimizing waste is latest and greatest. And what I put this, the way I put this is a lot of clinics will purchase something that's the latest and the greatest, the newest thing that's out and they just, somebody's told them they just have to have it. And usually the latest and the greatest is more expensive. So they've bought this thing, maybe some people use it, some people don't, um, but whatever it is, they spend a fair bit of money on, um, on having those things there. <coughs> What we're going to look at now is an actual example. This is a, this is a, a, an actual real clinic um, that we did a review for. So this happens, um, we do this quarterly for our current clients, as I say, just looking at what products they could be switching to, where they could save some cost savings, um, maybe quantity buys, that sort of thing. Um, or we get uh, clinics that come to us and, and say, look, we're, we're dealing with these other people. We, we don't know if we're on a good deal. They're telling us we are. Can you just have a look for us? So we'll do that. We'll drop that all into this program, which you'll see in a second. Um, it really helps them to know that they are getting the best value for money and pointing out products where they could be saving some dollars. Um, I think we're one of the few businesses that actually want people to spend less money with us. It sounds counterintuitive, but we're here to partner them for a long time, not, not a short time. And we want them to actually get the best value of money. Set group of items, after this process is done, we can say to the clinic, look, these are the items that you'll save money on, we feel. Um, we can set that up on your template so that your clinic staff are only purchasing those items and not actually starting to leak out of that, um, that set group of products that you've decided that you want to spend your money on. 
So this is this is what it looks like. I think I've changed the name there a bit. But this particular practice, as we said on the previous um, slide, let's move that out of the way. Um, they say this is their monthly order. So $4,300 they spend a month um, on consumables. They would stand, they would save $1,300 just by looking at these different products and maybe some um, different brand names. So this one here, we, we won't go on too much about this because um, every clinic's different. But this this first line here, they're using a product called Zekvid. So that's an absorbent dressing. They're being charged $40.80 for it. They're, they're with a, another company at the moment. That's what they're currently using. This is what we've recommended they could use based on our experience. We think it's as good quality. Um, and as you can see, they use two boxes a month. So they save four bucks there. Moving down, I mean, this one here, this is off-site post-op dressings, excellent product but it costs $1.55 per dressing. This one here is a generic brand. It costs 26 cents. Honestly, you put them on, the difference between the two products is negligible. This clinic used two boxes a month. They would save $256 on that item alone. Any of these things that we recommend, if they don't perform as well as the item that they're currently using, you're giving their money back but we just know that's not going to happen. So that's what happens with this program. And this is what we do um, for clients, current and prospective. And it just goes on like that. So as you can see, there's, we're not always the cheapest on everything. We're not always gonna offer you the cheapest thing, but we know that that thing will save you time and money in the long run. Moving on to equipment. So that's where you can really spend some big bucks up front. We see this a lot with new clinic setups. Uh, smooth salesmen sold them thousands of dollars worth of things. I've personally been into clinics where they would make a pathology clinic jealous with the sort of equipment they've got in there, but they simply don't use it. They haven't got backup support for the thing. It wasn't really that good a price to start with, or even though they were told it was a special price, it wasn't. They haven't been trained in how to use it because they haven't seen salesmen since. So they're spending a lot of time in their time teaching themselves how to use this thing. And then the warranty, the warranty is important on equipment. We see hours and hours of people spending and wasting time on trying to get stuff fixed that they don't know what the warranty is or the warranty wasn't what it, they thought it was. And, and they've, they've been waiting six months to get this thing fixed and the company just weren't on the warranty. So it's important to look at the value to the clinic when you're purchasing this sort of stuff. And you need to be dealing with someone that's honest and says, hey, you really don't need that thing, honestly. It's not, you're not gonna get your money back on it. There's a few things, a few examples of that lately where Medicare rebates have been changed and people will still sold things that um, they now can't really use. They've spent quite a bit of money on. Um, this little mnemonic is something that we, we run on. Um, it's just review. So rationalize your product range, have a good idea of your expenditure, make sure you know what you're spending have visibility of what you're spending, total visibility on where the product is, have a really good interaction between your clinic staff, the supplier, your nurses, your doctors, so everyone in the um, process is, is uh, invested in it and takes their own ownership of that. Examine everything that you're doing, so that's the products that you're actually using. Um, make sure that 
you are using the most effective products, the most cost-effective, time-effective products, and working together. I guess we've touched on that a fair bit, but working together through all levels. So making sure that the, the company that you're dealing with, your staff, you know, have really high expectations of everyone in, in that in that process. Just uh, finished off. This is fairly topical, as Paul said. It's it's a pretty tough environment out there right at the moment. These are a list of things that, honestly, we're having so much trouble getting. I, I don't know any um, supplier at the moment that's got oodles of these things in their warehouse. Um, masks and gowns, face shields. Uh, it seems that uh, the government agencies are taking most of the supply of that. Um, and then it's also hard to get things from overseas at the moment due to less um, air freight coming in and then the delays that are associated with sea freight. Um, Safety glasses, uh, fortunately, just the last few days, we got a ton of those in, so that's that's something that's good. Most of that stuff, you know, we're looking at um, getting supplied back on track sort of May to June. Um, flu vaccines is a really, really um, hard point at the moment. That there's, there's really none in the market to get. Um, we're trying really hard to go to most of the manufacturers to try and get them, but at this point, they're sort of saying that they're not producing anymore this season. Of, I feel that will probably change, but yeah, at the moment that's a really hard one to get. Um, yeah, so that's my details there. If, um, if there's anything that you want to follow up with later on, I'd be pleased to um, yeah have a chat. Excellent. Thanks, Ben. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, just a quick reminder once again, if you want to ask questions of Ben, and if you just want to type in the Q&A box at the bottom, um, that would be great. Um, so. Ben, I suppose one of the questions I'll ask you though is that, um, you know, for, for a practice, I mean, uh, to shift, I mean, once again, from, I suppose, someone that they're comfortable with to somebody else, obviously there's a, a large degree of trust, I suppose, in that process. Um, I mean, how do you normally manage, I suppose, once again, that, that interaction with people that do want to do it? I mean, obviously you know that it is, you know, a comparison and, you know, once again, um, some things may change otherwise. Um, but you so say, how do you manage that interaction with, you yeah, know, with people? That, that's, that's a really good question. And what we try and do, we know it's difficult, often difficult for people to change, um, especially when the products are called different things. So they'll have different names, as I said before. So we put everything in place. So we will, we will build those templates for people. We'll put their history up based on what they, they were previously buying. We'll go in there and we'll do those audits. We'll explain what the products are and, um, yeah, try and build that trust at a personal level, online, all those sorts of things. Because that's one of the major hurdles um, once you've been dealing with one company, whether it's Woolies and you change the coals, there's always that little bit of learning curve. So yeah, very aware that that's something that needs, needs managing well. Okay, um, question here from Joshua, and I could probably answer it from my experience as well, since we've got nine skin cancer practices. But the question is, how often do you review the individual skin cancer clinician uh, on feedback of cost effectiveness when products change? And how would you handle the different opinions and preferences? Because obviously one of the challenges we have in practice is there's the doctors used to using something and that's what they'll overuse. And so what sort of experiences have you seen, I suppose, as far as people tackling changing preferences if clearly there is obviously a comparable product at a lower cost? Yeah, everyone's different. And that's a really good point as well. Um, people do like to stick with the thing that they've been using. Um, particularly if they don't have to pay for it. So you might have the principal that wants them to use the, the $100 worth of searches, but they like using the $300 box. 
uh, where the difference in them can be negligible, certainly not three times as good a product. Um, it depends on the person, but I guess a lot of, a lot of uh, just backing the product, if they don't like it, 100%, we just take it back and give them something different. And, but it's working with the clinic staff, particularly the nurses as well. The nurses are really influential in getting that change happening. And once it, usually what we find is once um, the clinicians, whether the doctors, the nurses, are using the thing and they're comfortable with it, like, wow, I should have been using this all the time. Yeah, and sampling is a big thing as well, so that they don't have to actually put money on the table before they make that change. They use it in the clinic. Oh yeah, this is okay. Um, sutures is a big one because that's something that's very personal um, to doctors when they're using it, and and yet there's a lot of money that can be saved there in sutures. Yeah, I mean, definitely from our experience, trying to change behaviours, as you know, is a challenge at best. Uh, but typically, what you'll normally find in any sort of practice, there'll be sort of the more senior or experienced or you know, sort of doctor in a practice that does have a lot more influence over others. So typically we may talk to them first. I mean, look, you'll get some people that will just hold a position fast. Others will be a little bit more comparable. I think ultimately when we talk about these conversations is that, you know, we need to still be a practice that's making at least a dollar. Otherwise we're not here to serve our patients in the future. And I think that, you know, we've, we've I mean, now in our business, we're open and transparent, you know, with as I said, oh, here's product A and it's X and here's product B and it's Y. Uh, if you can tell me that it is that much better than the other products, you know, we'll be happy to have that conversation. But I agree with you, the nurses are very influential in that process. But I think definitely from our end is if you can convince, you know, one who's a bit more of a senior leader and get on board with it, then, you know, you can have obviously that trickle down effect. But uh, Joshua, it's a very good question. And I, I know it is a challenge, but I think the key thing is that most doctors in a practice do want the practice to, you know, survive, be able to look after their staff. I mean, you know, if we can't run a practice effectively, we might have to have less staff. Is that really what you want, doctor? Um, generally, the answer is probably not. And as I said, and, you know, consumables, I mean, from a business perspective, you know, if you think about it, I mean, the number one cost is obviously the cost of doctors, followed by cost of staff, followed by rent. The next one is medical consumables. So, you know, this is still a number which has significant bearing over time. And as I said, it's the little bits that add up over the, the period of, of 12 months. And I think once again, some of your strategies around managing that have, have been excellent, Ben, as far as sharing that. Um, and just the last one I've got actually is a, is a comment from one of your actual, your current clients. And it basically says, I've worked with Ben Emeritus for over 12 months and their customer service is A1. Ben personally delivered multiple theater beds and set them up. One that pulled out a supportive partner. So you've got somebody who's out there as a bit of a fan, awesome. uh, Ben, but uh, I just said, uh, no, I really appreciate that. Um, so look, I really want to thank your time, Ben, uh, today, help sharing some strategies for practice owners. Once again, you know, we do understand running a practice is very difficult. You've got human resources to manage, and obviously we've got the little nuclear missile called COVID just to make it a little bit messier for us. And, and you know, the feedback we're getting from the field is that general practice is quieter, which obviously would put more pressure on businesses as such. But I think that, you know, the medical consumable space is now and forever. Um, and as business owners or practice managers, you know, we do need to be across this and looking at our options. Um, because as I said, I think for a lot of people, it's just set and forget. We just keep doing the same thing we've always been doing and not really look at it. But I think if you're obviously a pragmatic business owner or practice manager, you should review it. And I think, you know, once again, quarterly is definitely a good time period to be able to do so. But um, wonderful. If there's no more questions, I would like to, once again, thank Ben very much for his time. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next Thursday for the next uh, webinar in this series. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.